With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the 434th episode of Travel Witch Radio. I'm your host, Dan Schlossberg, along with my friend and co-host, Mary Ellen Nugent-Lee. This is the 10th season of Travel Witch Radio, the show that lets you enjoy the pleasures of travel from the comfort of your armchair. Every week at this time, we talk to people representing destinations, hotels, airlines, railroads, car rental companies, and others in the world of travel and hospitality from authors and bloggers to broadcasters and publicists. If it's got anything to do with travel, it's got everything to do with Travel Itch Radio. And our honored guest tonight is Al Clark, not only a personal friend for whom I was honored to be co-author of his autobiography, but also a big league umpire for 26 years and a fan of baseball a lot longer than that. Welcome, Al, to Travel Itch Radio. Thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure to be here with both you guys. Well, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. The wild card games are over, and the real playoffs have started with the best-of-five division series in each league. That means we're going to see 10 different ballparks in 10 different cities, all of which you've worked in. So let's start with the oldest, Fenway Park in Boston. Didn't you umpire the last sudden-death playoff meeting between the Yankees and Red Sox before the one the other day? Something to do with Bucky I F. Dent? <laughs> I, I did, Dan, and that was in, way back in 1978. I was only a, a three-year umpire at that time, and it was a, a huge feather in my cap to be selected to work that game. Uh, going up to Boston and Fenway Park, of course, along with, with Wrigley Field, both uh, having been built in 1912 and the oldest ballparks, in two of the greatest cities in our country, uh, it was pretty special, pretty special to go up to Boston in that atmosphere. I'll tell you something about that, going up to Boston and New England in the fall, there was a, a, there's always a crispness in the air, and there's just a, a whole lot of buzz going on. And you talk about the playoffs and, and working its way up to the World Series, Dan, the, the buzz in Every single city is just amazing. It doesn't make any difference what's going on in, in the news in any other part of the, the country or the world. Everybody is talking about their team, the playoffs, and World Series, and it is just fun to be in that atmosphere. Now, as a baseball writer, people are always asking me, which is my favorite ballpark and why? So I'll pose the same question to you as a former umpire and hope you'll give us one of the ten parks involved in the playoffs. <laughs> well, Danny, uh, to tell you the truth, uh, 
every one of the big league ballparks was my favorite ballpark because they played big league baseball in all of them, and I got a big league check from uh, the offices in New York to work in them. So, so every ballpark was a was a favorite of mine. Oh, you're such a diplomat. What about Dodger yeah. Stadium, which opened in '62? That's the oldest National League park where playoff games will be played. What was it like to umpire there? It was Mary Ellen. It was a lot, a lot of fun to go to Los Angeles, uh, work there. As a matter of fact, a memory that I've got of uh, working in Dodger Stadium. I, I worked one of the L.A. Stars games or Hollywood Stars games when, when a lot of those Hollywood-type people were out on the field. And, of course, I went out. Uh, I was privileged to know, you know, some of them. And and we had a, a well, it just created a really neat memory. Uh, I stayed at a good hotel, a nice hotel in Los Angeles. And uh, going to Dodger Stadium with its history, you know, it was, was you know, just a lot of fun, and you always knew you were going to see someone of note in Los Angeles. Um, and the history of the ballpark, I, if nothing else, I love the history of our game. And, you know, Dodger Stadium certainly qualifies as to having a whole lot. Mm. And since we're talking Dodgers, we have to talk Giants. Oracle Park is a great downtown location, but don't you have more memories of Candlestick Park and the crazy winds there? I do, Mary Ellen. As a matter of fact, uh, when I worked in San Francisco at what is now Oracle, it was AT&T Park. Uh, But my memories, I've got very, very fond memories of old Candlestick Park. I not only worked an all-star game there, but I also worked a World Series, and it happened to be in 1989 when uh, something a little shaky happened. It was the Earthquake <laughs> World Series. So, so oh. my memories of, of San Francisco and the ballparks there, I mean, Oracle Park is a beautiful, beautiful ballpark in a beautiful setting, and I love downtown ballparks. But uh, there's something about that San Francisco area and uh, Candlestick Park that is very dear to me and my heart. Mm, don't blame, I can't blame you. We're talking with longtime Major League umpire Al Clark about playoffs parks. Al, you never worked in Truist Park, which succeeded Turner Field in Atlanta, as that is the newest park in the playoffs. But what are your memories from Atlanta, Fulton County Stadium, and Turner Field? Well, I'll tell you what, Dan, that's a great question. Uh, one of the things that I remember about, about Turner Field was there was a gap in the, in the outfield between the outfield fence and the fans. It was only like four or five feet, but it created a situation where there was never fan interference on home run balls, like in Yankee Stadium or, or many of the other ballparks. So I really liked going into Atlanta, plus the fact, of course, Atlanta's a great city also. Uh, but I, I enjoyed that uh, geography of the ballpark, if you will, the way that that was constructed. That, that really helped umpires out, and players too, for sure. 
You were originally an American League umpire until the league's staffs were combined for the last two years of your career. But I know you worked at White Sox Park in Chicago, which was once Comiskey Park and is now called Guaranteed Rate Park. Personally, I like the north side and historic Wrigley Field better, but I'm sure you have great memories from White Sox games, especially when Bill Veck owned the team and did all kinds of crazy publicity stunts. Well, you're right. Uh, Bill Veck owned the club in Old Comiskey Park, which I enjoyed going to very much. And, and one of the novel things that I remember early in my career at Old Comiskey Park was that there was a, a, oh, a, a little metal thing that stuck up out of the ground that controlled a, a, an air pressure gauge or, or blower that came up in the middle of home plate that if the umpire stepped on that, that button or that, that pipe that kind of stuck out, this would raise out of home plate, and the pressure from the air would wipe off home plate from all the, the dirt and dust and that kind of thing. So that, that was pretty darn unique, you know, throughout the, the thing. And, of course, there's nothing like that in the ballparks today. And since the White Sox play the Astros, how about Minute Maid Park, formerly Enron Field? Don't the short left field wall and Crawford boxes remind you of the Green Monster in Boston? Mm, not really, Mary Ellen. Ah. It is close, <laughs> but there's nothing like uh, the, the Green Monster in Boston. When you walk out of the dugout and walk to home plate in Boston, it almost looks like you can reach out and touch the green monster. That's the, that's the perception that you have. In, in uh, Houston, the, you know, with the train tracks up you know, in left field, uh, it, it just doesn't have the same flavor. And, of mm-hmm. course, you know, a lot of home runs are hitting to the left field and the Crawford boxes and that kind of thing. But I'll tell you, the, the fondest memory I've got of, of the ballpark in Houston is uh, President George H.W. Bush and his wife, Barbara, always sat behind home plate. And at least once a series, the former president would come into the dressing room, pop a beer, sit down, and chit-chat with us at least one time per series with every umpire crew. And he enjoyed being with us. Of course, he played baseball at Yale University a long, long time ago. Uh, but one of the things that, that really, really was cool, he always told his Secret Service agent to stay outside. And yeah. he would come in, and he'd just yuck it up with us, the umpires. And, and obviously that created one heck of a memory. Oh, that is so cool. Now, also, you have to tell us about Tropicana Field in St. Pete, home of the Tampa Bay Rays. Don't they have crazy ground rules there to cover balls that hit obstacles hanging from the domed roof? Mary Ellen, probably, not even probably, the yeah. absolute <laughs> worst ballpark in Major League Baseball. The, oh they have catwalks up there. And, you know, going through the roof, they have guy wires going through the roof uh, that are easily hittable. And you're absolutely right about the ground rules. And I was there when, speaking of the Chicago White Sox, Frank Howard, uh, Frank Howard, Frank Thomas uh, hit a ball 
that hit one of the catwalks, and the ground rules are crazy. If the ball hits a catwalk or a guy wire over foul ter- over fair territory, the ball is adjudged to be fair or foul according to where it hits on the ground. If it hits in foul territory, no matter where it hits on the ground, it's always a foul ball. And and in in this particular case, Frank Thomas hit this ball. I mean, it would have gone from from St. Pete back to Tampa. I mean, it was it was really clouded, clouded. But it, and it hit the catwalk, and of course everybody lost sight of it. And the catwalk was over fair territory, and the ball came back down at the shortstop position. It caroomed off this outfield catwalk, came back to the infield. It was not caught. And Thomas got a uh, a single out of it, and there was there was a lot of up in arms as to, well, the ball would have you know obviously left the ballpark. We can't leave him at first base, mm-hmm. but yes, we did. Yes, we did. Oh my! We're talking with longtime Major League umpire Al Clark about playoffs parks. And speaking of playoff parks, Milwaukee also has a dome and a stadium that's now called American Family Ballpark. I like the original name of Miller Park much better. I also don't think they ever fixed the roof, which sprung a leak during the 2002 Home Run Derby. Your take, Al? <laughs> well, yeah. The the dome stadiums are great, especially in the northern cities. And And I've been up in Milwaukee and worked in that new ballpark when it was Miller Park. Um, and we we really appreciated having the dome. And like I said, the new ballparks are great baseball edifices. But going back into Milwaukee, I loved Old County Stadium. I mean, it just it, it reeked of you know it was built for baseball, and it just it was great for baseball. And, and these old ballparks and parks that aren't are no longer around, uh, like Tiger Stadium and County Stadium and Comiskey Park, they just smelled of baseball. Mm-hmm. They smelled of a lot of other things, but <laughs> but they smelled of baseball too. And I, it was it was just a pleasure. If you're any kind of historian of our game and you love our game as Dan does, as I do, as you do, Mary Ellen, the the going into those ballparks was just magic. It really, really was. And, and the new ballparks are, are great, and they're sanitary, and they're clean, and they're wonderful. But there's something about the old ballparks that I really, really like also. Mm-hmm. Al, since you started umpiring in 1976, you must have had the honor of working home plate while Hank Aaron was hitting the last of his 755 home runs. Any memories of that? Uh, not, not specifically a home run but I certainly have memories of Henry uh, playing in Milwaukee at the end of his career. And, I mean, he was just as classy as class could be. Uh, Soft-spoken, never really gave umpires a tough time. But, uh, I mean, the the umpire's room uh, in in Old County Stadium uh, was adjacent to the, the 
clubhouse, the visiting clubhouse, but Henry would always come over and greet uh, some of the visiting players, and he'd always stop in to um, the stop into the umpire's room to say hello, and and that's just the kind of class guy he was, and he represented himself and the Braves organizations, you know, so well, so very very well, and with such class. And I'll tell you another story, you know, a quick story about a fellow just like uh, Henry Aaron was Ernie Banks. The first time oh, yes. I worked in Wrigley Field, uh, there was a knock on the door. I was in the, the umpire's dressing room in, in, uh, in Wrigley Field, and Ernie had knocked on the door. I, I, you know, obviously said, come in, and it was, it was Ernie Banks. And he came in, and he said, Mr. Clark, he says, it's a pleasure to have you here at Wrigley Field. Uh, welcome. Your reputation precedes you, and I just wanted to come in and say, you're welcome here anytime. Oh. And this is from Mr. Cup. And that's mm-hmm. that's a pretty darn nice memory also. Oh, it sure is. <laughs> Annie, okay, we should have put some of this stuff in the book, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to the book in a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're My talking script like says long- it's your turn, but if not, we're talking with longtime Major League umpire Al Clark about playoff sparks. Sorry. We didn't mention Yankee Stadium, which has several incarnations since the original house that Ruth built. And the Yankees are out of the playoffs, but they certainly created memories for millions over the years. And I know your late father, Herb Clark, was an avid Yankees fan, even though he wrote for... Was an avid Yankees fan, even though he wrote for a Trenton newspaper. Now, since Yankee Stadium has many monuments, more pennants, and more World Series trophies than anywhere else, is that a special place for you? Well, the old ballpark was. And mm. uh, the new ballpark is very, very antiseptic. The, the dimensions on the field replicate the old ballpark. Uh, I enjoyed going to, to the old ballpark, the old Yankee Stadium, very much. I've got, you're right, I've got some great memories there. Uh, I was on the field for two no-hitters there uh, at the old ballpark, Paper uh, Gettys and Dwight Goodens. Uh, I was also the home plate umpire in the fifth and deciding game of the playoff between the, the Yankees and the Milwaukee Brewers during the split season. Uh, also, I was the home plate umpire at Yankee Stadium on the last day of the season when Don Mattingly and Dave Winfield were vying for the batting championship. So, yeah, Mary Ellen, the, the memories I've got of old Yankee Stadium are, are very, very dear and true to me, as many other ballparks. But one of the special things you mentioned my dad uh, the first time I walked out onto the field of Yankee Stadium, the, when I worked in Yankee Stadium in, way back in 1976, it was really, really cool. I worked at second base, and to look up into the press box and see my dad there, and it was really cool. And we subsequently did a couple of interviews together, one for Yankee Magazine, and, and uh, just unique, fun experiences, and certainly uh, uh true-to-the-heart memories. Yeah, that's just so touching. 
Now, all the playoff parks, Al, but how about the playoff cities? Let's start out west with San Francisco and Los Angeles. What was it like to work that Earthquake World Series of 89 that you just mentioned? Well, Mary Ellen, it was a little shaky, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> it was it was such a unique experience, and uh, for me, you know, the memories are, are, are very unique, but one of the, the big, biggest things for me was uh, – Faye Vincent was the commissioner of baseball at the time, and the earthquake created probably his best call as commissioner. He was under a lot of pressure by everyone in baseball to move the series after the earthquake out of San Francisco, out of the Bay Area, and put it to a neutral area like Phoenix just to get the series over. And to Mm -hmm. Faye's credit, he made the right call. We, we, he said that no matter how long it takes, baseball has waited a long time for a Bay Area series between the, Yank, between the uh, uh, Giants and A's. Mm-hmm. And to Faye's credit, well, we waited 10 days, and he said baseball was going to be part of the solution. We're not going to run from this tough situation out on the West Coast. And... Well, he was right. He was darn right. The series, when we came back 10 days later, didn't have the same atmosphere. But baseball did help the area get back to feeling somewhat normal. And, and I will credit Faye Vincent for that great call for, for an awful long time to come. That's one of my fondest memories. Of course, the Bay Bridge going down and the pancaking of the Nimitz Freeway over in Oakland and the Mission District being on fire. I mean, those things were, were very, very tragic uh, and memorable. But I, the World Series and Faye and, you know, I mean, that's pretty unique having been in San Francisco and working the Earthquake World Series in 1989. Certainly. A and Al, you were the last person in uniform who was on the field, right? Yes, indeed, I was. I was led, not in uniform, Dan, but I was the last person that that should have been in uniform uh, that was at the ballpark. I was going to spend the night at the ballpark. I had stayed. Uh, most everybody moved from Oakland where the games one and two had occurred. San Francisco was games three, four, and five. And I had stayed in San Francisco. I had stayed in Oakland at the hotel in Oakland. Uh, a friend of mine was the general manager there, and instead of moving over to San Francisco, I just decided to stay in Oakland. And with the Bay Bridge closed and the the Army Corps of Engineers had closed the San Mateo Bridge, there was no way for me to get back across the bay. So I just decided to stay there in the ballpark until, you know, the next day. And it was certainly was fine. I had security. The The umpire's room at Candlestick Park had couches and, you know, and we had food and everything else. So uh, the ballpark had a generator, so I had lights and that kind of thing. Um, so that's where I was going to stay. And long later on in the evening, I, I saw that uh, ESPN was still uh, telecasting. And I was wondering how that was happening. 
So I went up to one of the directors that I knew and, and asked him and told him that I was, uh, you know, the last guy in the ballpark that should have been on the field. And, and if he let me call my wife back in Pennsylvania, where I was living at the time, I would go on one of his segments, you know, for as long as he wanted me. And, and he literally said, don't move, Al. And 10 minutes later, I was at the top of a half an hour with, on ESPN and, uh, you know, just going over the experiences that I had and felt. And uh, I was on a whole segment, a whole half-hour segment on ESPN that night. That's a great story. And it's in the book, by the way. In the, yes, Midwest, in the Midwest, I love Chicago, and especially the Miracle Mile, Harry Carey's, the architectural boat ride, and the great museum. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. Chicago's a great city. Uh, not only that, but back in the day, Rush, Rush Street was a great, you know, a great place to go after uh, ball games. And like many of the cities, you certainly cannot run out of good restaurants. Mm-hmm. And Milwaukee's a playoff city, too, and an easy 90 minutes from Chicago. Are you a fan of that city? I love Milwaukee. Uh, it is a it is a city that has a lot a lot of pride, and is built on many many neighborhoods, and all the neighborhoods have have their own bars and flag football and softball teams, and the the competition in the city amongst the neighborhoods was just wonderful, just wonderful, and I enjoyed going up there very very much. Oh, and Al, what about St. Louis? St. Louis is a great baseball city, too. And we've had several versions of Bush Stadium. And I love the fact that the place is always packed and there's a sea of cardinal red in the stands. What about you? Mary Ellen, I knew that, that St. Louis was one of the best baseball cities in the country when the first time I went into St. Louis and I worked on a Sunday morning, that mm-hmm. there were 43. 3,000 people, all in cardinal red, coming from church. Oh. And it was quite a, quite a sight. Uh, wow. Yeah, St. Louis arguably is one of the best baseball cities in the country. And as a matter of fact, in my opinion, uh, along with St. Louis, Detroit and Boston are the mm. three most arguably best baseball cities in the country. Give those fans anything to cheer about, and there's going to be 40 to 44, 45,000 people in the ballpark every day. Mm. We're talking with longtime Major League umpire Al Clark about playoffs parks. And it was an honor to be co-author of your book, Called Out But Safe, and also an honor to be co-author of Milo Hamilton's book, 60 Years at Milo's Microphone. So I got to know Houston pretty well from my working visits with him. What are your favorite memories of Houston? Well, the, the barbecue down there is pretty good. <laughs> and, uh, the airport is very inconvenient to downtown. And... Uh, well, the, the new ballpark, actually, I worked in the Astrodome a long time ago in a barnstorming trip, and that was a unique experience as a young umpire. We were coming out of spring training, and I worked a series at the Astrodome uh, between the, the Astros and the Texas Rangers. 
So I've got a little bit of history, not a lot, but a little bit of history in, in Houston. And I do know also, like in Dallas, it can get really, really hot in the summertime. Mm. We're running low on time, so how can Travelers Radio listeners get a copy of Cold Out But Safe in time for the holiday gift-giving season? Well, that's easy, Dan. You can go on Amazon. It's still being sold, and I'm humbled uh, by how well it's done. And uh, it's a good read, and it's the way that I characterize it, it's a great airplane book. It's an easy read. It's a fun read. The stories in the book are, are just good, hardcore baseball stories. And you find out a little bit about my life. I have been so blessed. My, my life has got great, great highs and some lows also. And I write about them all. And, Al, you're walking at Verdesman. You're walking at Verdesman for beautiful Colonial Williamsburg. I know you love golf and can practically walk out your door onto the course. Do you enjoy golf more in the crisp fall weather? Uh, well, I enjoy golf in crisp fall weather. The greens and the, the courses are in great shape. And you're right, Dan, I do enjoy golf a whole lot. Okay, and unfortunately we are out of time, so I want to thank my longtime friend, and co-author Al Clark for being our guest tonight on Travel Edge Radio. Dan, it's a pleasure to be with you. And, of course, I'm here for you anytime. Mary Ellen, it's good talking Thanks to so you. so much. I will have you back. And that's it for this edition of Travel Edge Radio. Next week, same time, same station, same writer, same announcers. We'll talk to Claire White, Educational Programs Manager at the Mob Museum in Las Vegas. Now, this is Dan Schlossberg, along with my beautiful and talented co-host, Mary Ellen Nugent Lee, saying thank you for your time this time. Until next time, good night and stay safe. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.